0: why do most investors only have one or two properties? And why do most investors sell them within the first five years or 10 years? Yeah. I very much took a zigzag approach. Yeah. And the, the reason I did that was very reactive. I would go out there, like a lot of investors, they're trying to make money out of property. Everyone's got good intentions. Yeah. But the issue that I found was that I was going, jumping from one thing to the next. And I was doing that because I didn't have any advisor around me i didn't have any guidance to really direct me as to what to do next and in what order and plenty of seminars that i went to they were saying this is a hot spot here's the numbers here's the figures here's the the forecast here's the floor plan here's the kitchen upgrades but really none of that's relevant it's putting the cart before the horse people need to understand you know get people asking me all the time where's the best place to invest my my response is always "The, the best place to invest is the property that fits in your strategy. Yeah. And they go, well, what's my strategy? Well, I don't know that. Let's talk about it. You know, you need to know what the strategy is. The people we actually want to help are the ones that are looking to get the education, understand the mindset of investing and how that can affect the investing strategy, and to teach people how to, how to become a
1: better investor. Welcome to the Get Invested podcast, where we share great conversations with experts from all walks of life to uncover their secret know-how where they invest their time, their skills, and their money, and the benefits that this has created. You see, the truth is that everyone invests, every minute of every day, we're investing our time, our skills, our energy, and our money in something. Some of us are investing consciously, some unconsciously, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, and sometimes for no impact. Get Invested will help you to start living by design, not by default. I'm going to help you to make it happen not let it happen. You will hear the top tips on how you can live with conscious intent so that you can live more, work less, and leave a living legacy by investing now. Listen to the show to discover the top tips on how to get started, make the most of your investment journey, and ultimately, to be living your dream, not someone else's. More episodes can be found on iTunes or at bushymartin.com.au forward slash invest. Thanks for listening, and now... Let's get invested. Hi, and Fighters. How do you know if you're ready to invest? Now, you may be just about to take the leap into investing, or you may already own investment properties. But how do you know if you're really ready to invest? Have you ever taken the time to ask yourself that question? Now, most investors think that if they have the borrowing capacity and the savings or equity, then they're ready to invest because they're just focusing on the property. But the property is just the tip of the iceberg and generally the last thing you need to think about if you're serious about achieving sustainable success in property investment long term. And it's this singular focus on the product of property rather than the principles, the people and the process that you need to embrace that's the undoing of 95% of property investors, and the biggest reason, that most fall short of their dreams. So how do you know when you're really ready to invest, or to continue investing and invest properly? It's a question that our continuing special guest Luke Harris delves into in part two of our great conversation today, and it's a pivotal issue that he reveals in his recently released second book, Property Fit. So let me share a brief excerpt to whet your appetite on this critical subject. How do you know that you're ready to invest? Now I agree with Luke that there are three fundamental components in being truly ready to invest, which he calls the three stages of readiness. These three stages are vital to acknowledge before going out into the marketplace. While you don't always need to be 100% ready in each of these areas, Being aware of their existence and how they can affect your results is extremely important. So the first of these is to be financially ready, which is probably fairly obvious. Every investor needs some capital to work with. So you need to be financially ready to get into the property market and start investing. Now, not all property strategies require a lot of capital. However, it certainly helps and gives you more options. Not only do you need to have some funds available to invest... But you'll also need to ensure your financial house is in order, plus have a good credit score, little or no bad debt, as well as a financial buffer. And it's often these last aspects that are given not enough due consideration. Secondly, you need to be emotionally ready. Yes, emotions are important when it comes to successful property investing, but we're not talking about your emotions taking control. It's more that you need to be emotionally connected to your investing goals because there'll be times when you've had enough and will want to give up. Being emotionally ready means you're in control of your emotions and connected enough with the end goal to get out of your comfort zone. This is what I mean when I talk about your why, your vision and your values becoming both a magnet as well as a compass. If you take the time to be crystal clear on what the end game looks like for you and what your investment is going to enable you to really do with your life, then this vivid and exciting future will inspire and motivate you as your magnetic force of attraction to overcome the inevitable hurdles you're going to experience on your investment journey. But it also serves as a compass to guide your day-to-day decisions in terms of whether your choices are taking you closer to or further away from your ideal lifestyle. And then thirdly, you need to be educationally ready. Now, education is key, but of course education must be specific must be specific to the goals that you wish to achieve. This doesn't mean you have to be an expert on everything properly before you're ready. However, it does help that you have the education behind you that aligns with your goals. Essentially, you need specific education rather than broad-based education. That may not just be relevant to you. And continuing education and learning will be paramount to your evolution to a successful investor, because as your knowledge, experience and understanding increases, your fears recede, the risk reduce, your capacity increases, and your investment results prosper as a consequence. Now, this is very similar to my approach to getting raw with yourself, where raw breaks down down into being ready, able, and willing. Being ready is about having the savings and equity deposits and rainy day buffers to invest in property. Being able is having sufficient buying capacity based on your income and liabilities. And the last and most important component of getting raw with yourself is W for willing. Do you have the right beliefs, mindset, outlook, attitudes, and expectations to invest successfully this is about what's between your ears as it's the internal rather than the external that will determine your ability to achieve sustainable success now this is just the beginning when it comes to the principles concepts and strategies that luke reveals in his book property fit which builds on the lessons he's learned in over two decades of property investing experience and success that's enabled him to personally build an enviable property portfolio and acquire an extraordinary depth and breadth of experience across business, property, and investing. And now Luke and I share an ambition to help you and other investors to grow significant wealth through property, helping you to fulfill your own dreams and ambitions. And Luke does this through his business, The Property Mentors, a Melbourne-based agency that helps you develop the skills, mindset, and knowledge to grow your property portfolio. Now, last week, Luke opened up on the highs and lows of his own personal property journey and the learnings he's taken from this. So this week, we continue Luke's journey, where he outlines the importance of knowing your strategy and a compelling plan to achieve it. He reminds us that you can't save all of the penguins, so listen out for what he means by this. Luke reveals how Australian Property Mentors gives you a GPS so you can successfully navigate all aspects of your property investment journey. He goes into detail on the three stages of readiness that I've just outlined, along with the importance of knowing what he calls your three Ds, your dream, your date, and your dollars. Luke reveals what's your biggest investment risk, so keep an ear out for that. He lifts the lid on the importance of stickability to your investment success and details what this means, and reveals what it takes to be fully property fit as a precursor to reading his book of the same name, which you can get at www.propertyfit.com.au. So if you're serious about knowing whether you're truly ready to invest successfully, whether you're about to start with your first property or you're already an investor and it's just not working for you, feel free to reach out and have a chat with me personally on any of your questions, queries, concerns, issues, or blind spots that you'd like to discuss about your investment strategy, finance or property portfolio delivery that are getting in your way. So just jump on knowhowproperty.com.au, hit the purple book appointment button in the top right hand corner, then click on the let's zoom deep dive meeting with Bushy one hour option. To book in your preferred time and for a small investment of just $295, you can ask me anything you want about property for a full 60 minutes so that I can help you free up any blockages that are getting in the way that you just can't see because you're too close to them. In the meantime, enjoy part two of this engaging chat with Luke Harris from Australian Property Mentors as we pick up our conversation, where Luke's questioning what he's going to do next in relation to getting into property full time
0: what am I going to do next? I wanted to do property full-time, but I didn't really have a, a plan or strategy around that. And um, I didn't want to go and do traditional real estate because it doesn't typically help people the way that I like helping people. Yeah. And throughout my 20s, I'd, I'd helped a lot of friends and family to start their property journey and yeah. start buying investment properties. And, and that's what I loved. I, I loved seeing the fact that it was working for them. Yeah. And uh, I had friends at a very young age that um, they bought an investment property uh, over in Melbourne. They lived in Perth. I helped them to do that and um, eventually they, they sold the property after about six or seven years after the Melbourne market had really started ramping up. Yeah. And they sold that, I think they made a couple of hundred thousand dollars, paid down their mortgage in WA
1: yep.
0: and ended up with a, a $50,000 mortgage as 20-somethings. Nice. So they were they were very happy and just to see the, you know, they didn't want to build a multi-million dollar portfolio. Their goal was to pay off their house. Yeah. And that was it. Then go and make some babies, and that was it. That's all they wanted, and they're completely happy with that. Yeah. And um, you know that that was really um, fulfilling for me. And so, really, that's where I started saying I need to really work in property, but I need to work out how I'm going to do this and do it differently. I've been to like you probably have over the years all sorts of seminars. Yep. Yeah. Seen all of the the gurus out there that are you know. I've been to the sem- seminars where you stand on the chair and high-five the person next to you. Like, that's an accident waiting to happen, really. The oh and you know, work safe and have a, have a field day. But um, you know, all, all those sorts of things, I, I just I cringe when I go to those things. And, like, I've been to them and they get you all amped up. And then all of a sudden you see people running to the back of the room to sign a property contract. Scary. I thought, this, this is insane. Yep. And they they literally did it. I thought, there's something not right about this. Yeah, And... You know, like I've covered in in my first book, uh, Let's Get Real, there's plenty of sharks and cowboys out there in the property industry. You know, the sharks are circling, looking for the right moment to strike, and the cowboys are the ones that are blatantly out there flogging rubbish to people. They don't care. They don't care about their name and reputation. They're they're happy to do it. And I, I just cringed. I've seen all of that. And I just didn't like it. And so I, I sort of assessed the property industry as a whole, but also spent a lot of time looking at myself as an investor and reflecting on all the decisions that I'd made and I actually started writing down what process I went through for each property. How did I make the decision? What did I do right? What did I do wrong? Yeah. And for me, just just documenting all of that, it took some weeks to do that because I sort of picked it up and put it down again, picked it up and put it down, rather than just blast it all out in one hit because I really wanted to think about, the, the actual thought process that I'd been going through. Yeah. And going through that, I realized that the biggest thing that was missing for me was the actual plan and the strategy and realized that I didn't have one first and foremost. Yeah. The end goal was to be rich. Yeah. And up. that doesn't, that doesn't help any anyone. It certainly didn't help me. And it yep. didn't help me to have conversations with my advisors because, yep. you know, they would give me advice on that specific property, but there was no overall. Yeah. Yep. Big big picture plan, yeah. And uh, I didn't even know that I needed one. That was the problem. Yeah. And so, reflecting on all of that, I realised that a lot of investors are doing the same thing. Why do most investors only have one or two properties, and why do most investors sell them within the first five
1: years or ten years? Yeah. No compelling so, vision of where it's taking them. Exactly right, mate. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And I think that's the missing link. And I thought, well, how do we help more people to achieve that? I know that we can't help everybody i had an assistant that worked with me um many years ago and when we were talking about investing and uh, her name was casey and she she always said luke you can't save all the penguins (laughs) and i said what what do you mean by that She goes, some of them are going to fall off the rocks and smash their heads and then they're just not going to survive it's a very blunt way of saying it but you know some people can't be helped and as much as you want to help people you, you can't help everyone so i think the the process is you know as morbid as that was um it, it really helped me to understand is that you can help people that want to be helped yeah and you can teach people till the cows come home but if they don't want to learn yeah then that's that's nothing you can do about that so help yeah. the people that want to be helped yeah. and um really that helped me to put a bit of structure around it saying who are the people that we want to help um, yes we want to help everybody the people we actually want to help are the ones that are looking to get the education understand the mindset of investing and how that can affect the investing strategy and to teach people how to how to become a better investor and plenty of seminars that i went to they were saying this is a hot spot here's the numbers here's the figures here's the the forecast here's the floor plan here's the kitchen upgrades but really none of that's relevant
1: no i've I've always said mate that if uh, i got a better growth and a better return out of investing in kebabs that's exactly what I would do because it's it's the property is just a vehicle to help you actually achieve whatever your lifestyle goals are. But if you don't, not sure what your lifestyle goals are, then how are you going to know what to invest in? How to actually achieve that? It's like a ship without a rudder.
0: Well, that's it, and it's it's putting the cart before the horse. People need to understand. You know, I get people asking me all the time, "Where's the best place to invest?" Yeah. And my response is always, "The best place to invest is." the property that fits in your strategy. Yeah. And they go, well, what's my strategy? Well, I don't know that. Let's talk about it. You know, you need to know what the strategy is. I even have friends now. And in Christmas time, the time you and I probably get these conversations every Christmas time. Yeah. You're catching up with friends and family you haven't seen for a little while, especially with COVID. Oh, hey, tell us where what, you what know. where's the best place to invest. You know, but the best place for me may not be the best place for you. Dead right. So I think going through that and, and actually um, analysing the thought process, for me, it was one of the biggest shifts in my uh, property investing journey. Yeah. And so this, the, after that 18-month mini-retirement that I had, had a lot of reflection time. I Had a lot of time to put these processes and systems together, and I, I did two separate European holidays. I did one one holiday for two months um, with my partner at the time, and then um, after that relationship ended, the second one was on my own. So very, two very different holidays there. Um, and uh, the second the second trip, I ended up in uh, South America, and uh, you know went to Argentina and Brazil. It was just an amazing, a really amazing time. Yeah. And it was during during that second trip that I actually started writing. Let's get real back in 2011 okay. and uh whilst the book didn't come out until 2017 i actually started the early stages of writing the book back then and a lot of those concepts about the investor profiles were written back in 2011 so that really helped to structure um the things that i did next in my my business life and also the investing side of things uh, i did take a couple of years off buying property whilst i set up uh, my business and really after that 18 months it was sort of 2012 2013 that i sort of started a a consulting business. I had a really, really cool name for it. I called it Luke Harris Consulting.
1: It's <laughs> quite, uh, it, quite original, mate, quite original.
0: It's very original. A lot of thought went into it. And, um, you know, we came up with this, this little logo. But essentially, um, that was not really the, the intent. It was more about putting structures in place and starting to have conversations with people yep. before turning it into a... a, a, a I I guess a a long-term business and what I did was use that um, that period of time about a a year to 18 months or so to really test and measure the systems that I put in place how do we teach people the process of investing rather than shoving investment opportunities in front of their face so that that really worked for me and it was in 2014 uh, that I established the property mentors yeah and uh that's that's sort of the rest is history
1: yeah, awesome. Well, let's let, let's talk about Property Mentors uh, now and then I want to do a bit of a dive into your most recent book, Property Fit, because there's some uh, great juice that uh, uh, will really guide our listeners in that regard. But uh, talk to us about uh, the, the Property Mentors and uh, the ethos behind it and what it does and doesn't do so that uh, we get a sense of what your vision is uh, both then and now for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think one of the first things that I realised is that there's there's good deals to be had in property all day, every day. Um, you know, that's one of the first things that... Um that a lot of people aren't aware of. Um, yeah. You don't have to run to the back of the room and get the deal of the day because the deal of the day is going to be a different deal of the day tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and so the, the Property Mentors was really, you know, we, we're not called the, the property sales company. We're not called the property, um, you know, anything else. It's more to get people to understand the different components of investing. Now, mentoring really for us is about uh, holding your hand on the journey and really sitting there in the, in the front seat with you as your GPS. Now, yeah. the investor yeah. is still driving. And we, we're very clear about this point, is that um, we, we have a membership fee. So you, you pay us to be a member. Once you become a member, then we work with you for a period of time and um you know that really sets the the stage for what you're going to be doing for the next 5 10 20 years or more yeah and um i guess the main thing for us is that we're here to to be the gps you're still driving and still in control you make all the decisions and at some point in time you might turn the gps gps off and go your own way and that's okay
1: yeah
0: Uh, we're here to recalibrate when you come back and we've had plenty of our members that have done that things have happened in their life and and people have had babies and disappeared for 18 months, and they've come back again, going, "Okay, we're both working again. Let's go." Yeah, and you know that that happens. Um, but I think the the key thing really is that there's three different stages of readiness before you invest, and a lot of people wrongly assume that you just need money, <laughs> and if you've got money, then you can become an investor. Um, but it's really about putting stacking the odds in your favour. And to stack the odds in your favour, we need to understand that there's three different stages of readiness. The first one is your emotional readiness. Yeah. You need to be emotionally ready to invest. And what that really means is that you understand the reasons why. And yeah. when we're saying the reasons why you're investing, it's not just to make money. Everybody would love to just go and make some money, but it's understanding the real goals behind it. Yeah. And I, I link that to uh, the dream the date and the dollars. Yeah. So the three, the three Ds, as I've uh, highlighted in, let's get real, yep. and it's about knowing the the dream and the goals in detail, knowing exactly what you want. Yep. Right, if you want a 1968 Mustang and it's bright blue, great, put it on the list. But don't put you want a car. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get really let's get really clear about what it is. Yeah. Um. You know, so it's about being clear on the the dream, the date that you want it, the date you want to achieve that goal. And the amount of money the dollars that you actually need for that and that all comes back down to that emotional readiness of understanding why you're doing it but also emotional readiness also comes down to understanding delayed gratification and understanding how that can impact you and understanding how you know maybe you need to cut off your netflix subscription for 12 months yep. maybe you need to read some books instead maybe you need to get the emotional side of your um, your thinking in order before you put your money into the marketplace, and that might be 12 months before you invest. Yeah, but it's understanding your emotional readiness. And I always say to people, on a scale of one to ten, how emotionally ready do you think you are to invest? <laughs> you know, and it's the first time people have been asked that question in their lives.
1: Yeah,
0: most people will never get out. If brokers not going to ask you your account, it's not going to ask you that question. Yeah, and so so when people actually uh, they're forced to think about it. It really makes them sit back and go well uh, maybe i'm a five maybe i'm a six yeah why not why not a ten right what do you think it's going to take to get you a two or ten so getting that emotional readiness is is really key um the second component is educational readiness
1: yeah
0: you need to make sure that you've got some education behind you before you go and put your money in the marketplace yeah you need to understand the fundamentals of the investment that you're putting your money into um and and understand that um you you, uh, you need to have some knowledge of finance, some knowledge of tax. you need to have some knowledge of the way that you're going to build this portfolio yep. from an education perspective and also understand why certain investments work better than others. yeah and and understand your tax situation, why a new property might might actually help you for the long term. yeah um, because of the depreciation and tax benefits. Yep. and just getting that general understanding of property and ask most investors that are just starting out, what's your education? on property-like, on a scale of 1 to 10, yep. they vary anywhere from 1 to, to 8, but I very rarely get a 9 or a 10,
1: yep.
0: so there's yep. often work to be done. And of course, the last one, which is usually the first one, is financial readiness. Yep. So you need to be financially ready to invest, and that doesn't mean just having a deposit or just having a, a pre-approval or a borrowing capacity from a lender. It means really having good money habits yep. and really understanding how you how you behave with money yeah. How you how you navigate through when you get that paycheck every week or when you get your business uh, income, what do you do with it? And yeah. and how good are you at paying your debts and have you defaulted? Do you understand your credit file? All of these things sort of come into the financial readiness. So when people have these three different stages covered off, there may not be a 10 on all of them. And over time, you're going you're gonna to change. Your emotional, financial and educational readiness is going to go up and down like a yo-yo. The more you learn, the more you realise you don't know. Yeah. And so the main thing is, is if we've addressed these points, at least we're aware of the mindset behind the investing in the first place. Yeah. And that's really what the Property Mentors is here to do, is to help people on that journey to really understand themselves as an investor. Yeah. Because without that, without you as the investor, see, people always say, what's the biggest risk with investing? Yourself. It's you. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean I'm the biggest risk? Well, you're the one that signs contracts. You're the one that gets the loan. You're the one that buys and sells. You're the one that manages the property managers. And you're ultimately it. Yeah. So if, if you're not right, things could go wrong. Yeah. But uh, it's very rare that people have had that conversation. And when we go through having that conversation with people to really understand what type of investor they are, unless you unless you identify that, you can't change anything.
1: Yeah, I love it. And you've got a great section in the book that talks about the property investment profile, which sort of starts to capture the essence of who you are as a person before you even start to think about what you invest in and how you do it. And again, that's a missing piece. It's almost a, you know, the financial planners have a very crude crack at it from an equity perspective, but no one really tackles that from a property perspective. I think the way you sort of incorporate risk and look at your asset position and then the, consider the exit strategy and the, the time that you... The, the big missing piece, I find, and this is where you and I have got very similar beliefs, is the thing that I, I see a lot of investors not do is choose an investment vehicle that matches the amount of time they've physically got to manage that asset. And uh, if if they're not taking that into context, then people can get themselves into a lot of hot water without realizing it uh what's your thoughts around that like
0: i I agree and I, i learned this from a book or a magazine or something a long long time ago is never invest in something you don't understand yeah and uh most people uh most most of your listeners no doubt um know somebody that lives or owns a property yeah so which should be everyone uh you know and i think that if you understand property look the problem in australia is that we all love property and it's a problem, it's a blessing in disguise in some way, but it's also a curse because people see the shows like The Block and various other things. That, uh, you know, uh, I, I can't watch them, really. I, I, can't I, either. I, 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 re- I really struggle because I, I'm, I'm happy to look at the property stuff, but all of the... Um, <laughs> All of the arguing and oh geez, I can't, no. I can't handle it. No. But uh, and that's not really reality anyway. I've I've met a couple of people that have uh, had connections with with those types of shows. Not the block in particular, but um, apparently they they come in afterwards and they have all the tradies come and fix up all the mistakes they've made. <laughs> uh, what a surprise! But, uh, that's another story. But I think um, yeah, look, uh, Australians love property. Um, in particular, we've all got access to Bunnings, and that's that's a scary <laughs> thing because I, I've got a a power pass account at bunnings and every time i go down there for a new a new uh tool of some description or, or two dollars worth of light globes i come out with hundreds of dollars worth of rubbish that i don't need uh you know yep. even as even as recently as yesterday um, so I, I think that's the thing is it it, it looks easy and, and everybody seems to know somebody that's made money in property in australia they know somebody that's done well out of property or they know somebody that knows somebody yep. and the problem is it looks easy and the 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 thing with property investing is that it is simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. And you know, those two things are very different. And I think that uh, yeah, it it is it is something that needs that stickability. You need to you need to hang in there for the long term, and it's not a not a get rich quick.
1: As I've said. Totally agree. And I think th- big miss for me. Uh, makes a lot of investors uh, is they they focus on the price of the property and the, all the rest of what they don't look at it closely enough is the true cash flow of the property because if you're going to last the 15 or 20 years you need to really enjoy the sort of growth that will take you through a full full property cycle then mm. it's got to be affordable and uh, I just don't see enough investors uh, focusing their strategy and their structure around creating an affordable uh, vehicle what's what's your thoughts around that Luke?
0: Look, I think, I think affordability is definitely a key. And one of the things that I focus on is is not not so much the property. The property is definitely part of the, the long-term plan. You definitely need property to invest in property. But at the same time, you need the property to work for you. Because if the property is not going to work for you, then you're probably going to give up after a few years. And this is the biggest challenge that we've seen. And the, the ATO um, and the ABS statistics don't lie. Um, the numbers are what they are. And most investors don't hold more than one or two properties and very, very few property uh, property investors own three or more properties. Yeah. And so th- the reason for that is it's not because they, they can't buy more properties in most cases. It's that they've structured themselves in a way that they can't. Yeah. Um. And and if they'd structured themselves correctly, they could continue buying properties. Yeah. And you know one of the things that people uh, you know harp on about a lot in in you know various media channels and, and so forth is that uh, new properties are bad. Now I don't have an issue with buying new properties. A lot of Me my either. properties have been been new properties are off so, the plan. But the th- yeah. the key thing is is that if your first property is a brand new property. A lot of the times there, there can be some tax savings. If you, you know, house and land, for example, you're only paying stamp duty on the land yep. uh, in most in most states and then you just pay for the build. Yep. Yes, you've got holding costs while you build it, but it's typically less than the stamp duty. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is that you've got a brand new property there. The repairs and maintenance is is very minimal. Yep. So you're not having your cash flow, uh, debts in your cash flow um, that are affected because of huge repair bills. I've got a house uh, in Ely Beach at the moment Yep. Beautiful location, but it was one of the first houses in the area. The whole floor of the bathroom's just fallen through. We've got to put a whole new floor in, right? <laughs> um, now, that's not a good investment for most people. It is something that's going to be, you know, in my portfolio for some time. I'll lock it down and put a, a nice little property on it one day, but yep. that's that suits my plan and strategy, not others. You know, to spend $5,000 on a floor, it, it that will hurt a lot of investors. And then the hot water system goes, then the roof leaks, and then something else happens. And the problem is... If people feel that their own money has to go into their tenant's property, yeah. even though it's their property, they feel like it's not working for them. Yeah. And, you know, your own cash flow is affected because of the type of property that you bought, whereas a new property, you typically have less hassles. And also the, the demographics and population in Australia is changing. People want to live in rentals. People want to rent, and there's a lot of people renting for longer periods of time, and they want to live with the modern conveniences that we have. They want dishwashers, they want nice carpet, they want stone bench tops, and new properties provide those things. So I think people buying the wrong property to start with can really set themselves up for failure from the outset.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Well, let's let's touch on and uh, what's become evident to me, uh, Luke, is that I'm, I'm going to need to get you back on because I think uh, we'll. we'll break down some of the, because we've sort of danced across a a lot of info, but I'd like to deep dive on some of them. But where I'd like to, I I guess, bring this together before we jump into the old ambush round is, uh, I think, a key question in the context of what you and uh, uh, property mentors are doing, and that is, uh, how do investors determine the right property fit and I, and I, I, I love the name of the book because it's, a, it's, a, it's fit in terms of fitness, but it's about the, the, the second meaning there for me was the right fit for them. Uh, can you sort of give some thoughts around that? Because I think it sows a seed in the mind of the listeners of the importance of making sure that they are determining the right property fit for their circumstance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the first thing that you can do is is read the book. That's going to help a, a lot. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but uh, yeah, look, I think the the key thing to fitting the property in is understanding that it has to fit into a long-term plan. And when we talk about a property plan, that's not a financial plan, right? Yeah. You go and talk to your financial planner about a financial plan. Yeah. But what we're talking about is a plan of attack, okay? Yeah. And the way that I look at property fit is very much like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. You've got to have the end picture in mind. You've got to have the cover of the box, if you're going to have a, a, a picture of a, a panda, right, that's the first thing that comes to my head, uh, right, then you want to pick all of the pieces that look like a panda, right? Yeah. You don't want to pick the pieces that look like a bridge. And I think the, the key thing is that um, fitting every property into the the mix, fitting every decision into the mix has to fit into that long-term plan. Yeah. The cool thing about property investing, as as you would know with your your years investing as well, you can change your plan. Yeah. It's your plan. Yep. And the key thing is, unless we've got a starting point and we know what direction to head, how do you know if you're going left or right? If you're starting, you're starting your journey in Sydney and you want to go to Perth, right, you don't have a roadmap, you don't know how much fuel you've got, you don't know if your car's any good, you start driving, anything could go wrong. Yeah. And, and it has gone wrong for a lot of people that haven't done those checks and balances first. So having that mud map first...
1: Yeah. And again, I think uh, your early analogy around being a GPS rather than a, a map is, is appropriate because it allows for changes in, in the dynamics of the property market, the dynamics of your own goals because they change over time. Uh, if you've, you've got a, a fix on what the end destination looked like, but it it allows you to meander a little bit to accommodate those things, then all of a sudden you've got a magnet that's going to draw you to it and it's compelling enough to overcome the speed bumps that you're inevitably going to uh, incur along the property journey. But it's also a compass in terms of guiding your day-to-day decisions on whether something you're doing is taking you closer to that destination or, or further away from it.
0: Well, that's, that's exactly right. And I, I've, I relate this, this exact quote back to my own life. I actually, it's popped into my head one day. I wrote it down and stuck it on the fridge. Is what I'm going to do today going to get me closer to or further away from what I'm trying to achieve? So if you go to JB Hi-Fi and you see a new piece of tech equipment, because I love buying techie rubbish that I don't need, um, <laughs> you know, you go in there and like, this is going to cost me $600. Is this going to get me closer to my goal or further away from my goal? Yeah. Love and it's it. Just, it just a little It's a little check On yourself To make sure Your spending habits Don't get out of control Do I need a 43 inch TV In the bedroom Probably not Yeah Could I put that Towards a deposit For my next property Maybe I could Yeah
1: Yeah I love it mate Love it Well I'm uh, I feel like we've only Just started to scratch The surface Luke So uh, we're definitely Going to uh, Get together again To dive a bit deeper On this And, and uncover A lot more of the gold That you've uh, uh, Revealed in both Of your books actually But uh, the shift shift gear into the, the ambush or the bushfire, lightning round as I like to call it, uh, <laughs> yes. what's your favourite quote and why?
0: Oh, my favourite quote is something, I don't think it's written by anybody, but it's something that I've, I've taught myself is, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. <laughs> and uh, the, the reason the reason why I like that quote, because it applies to pretty much everything in life, it applies to property investing in that, well, just because you can buy something, you know, a penthouse on the Gold Coast doesn't mean you should. Um, you know, just because you go there on a holiday and you want to buy something, um, you know, just because you can go and buy a development site or do a renovation doesn't mean you should, right? Um, and I think a lot of people they've got the money, but they don't have the sense behind them to to make that work. And and I say that because of my own experiences.
1: Yeah, love that, love that, mate. Uh, in the literary field, then, apart from your books, uh, what's the top book that you'd recommend listeners have a read of, and why?
0: Uh, it's hard to narrow it down to one. I did think about this, but I still think the magic of thinking big yeah. is uh, by David Schwartz. I think that's that's definitely one of the key books that that made a difference for me in the early years. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, that's a cracker. Again, another timeless timeless uh, time. Uh, this one's a little bit left field, but most Australians still believe they pay uh, way too much tax, or although my own view is if you're paying a lot of tax, it means you're making a lot of money. But what's, what's the top legal thing that you've done to minimise the tax that you pay? The, the
0: top legal thing that I've done, and not that I've done anything other than that, but uh, the top <laughs> thing that I've done uh, to, to pay less tax is get good advice. Yeah. And I think the key thing is uh, to, to get good advice and pay for it. Um, free advice can be some of the most expensive advice that you can get. And so I pay my accountant uh, quite well. Uh, it doesn't. He's certainly not the cheapest out there and it's certainly not the most expensive. But uh, him and his team have been fantastic at helping me to pay less tax. So there's no one silver bullet. Uh, to to help me pay less tax. One of the things that I've done is structured by portfolio in separate companies and trusts and various other things, but I could talk for an hour about that. Um, But I think the top thing that I've done to pay less tax is get good advice and pay the advisor what they're worth. Don't try and negotiate with your advisors for discounts. They're there to help you build wealth. You need them on site and you certainly don't want them to be
1: uh, having to negotiate on their fees. Yeah, totally agree, mate. It's uh, not what it costs; it's the value it gives you. That's exactly right. Um, now, the uh, turning uh, back to the investment piece for a minute. What's the worst and the best piece of investment advice that you've ever received today?
0: It's hard to think of a worst piece of advice. Uh, the, the probably the worst piece of advice is advice that I gave myself, saying you can do it on your own, <laughs> uh, thinking that I was going to be the the, the hero and the and you know it's going to be the the coach, the captain, uh, you know, the the whole team, right? Uh, thinking that I could do it all on my own. I think that was something that was self-taught, yeah. uh, and that sort of relates back to my favourite quote: "Just because you can doesn't mean you should," <laughs> right? I think that's somehow self-taught as well. Um, the best piece of of investment advice: I don't think I've specifically received anything that really stood out, other than you know the the quote that I mentioned earlier from Dad, that was: um, "If you're going to do something, do it properly." Yeah. And, you know, that, that really has, has been, you know, structural for me in everything that I've done in business and in life in, you know, if you're going to do it, do it properly the first time because if you don't, you're going to have to go back and do it again anyway. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like being efficient uh, and I think that uh, having to do the same thing all over again, uh, you know, it's not fun, especially if you're doing something that's hard work. And when it comes to investing, it is a long-term thing. So if you're going to do it right, uh, if you if you're going to do it, get do it right the first time, and it's going to be long term and sustainable.
1: Yeah, love it. Last one. Uh, what's a personal habit or a rewarding ritual that, uh, that you've adopted that has contributed most to your investment success today?
0: I think the the key thing, the personal habit that I've got, is to check right, check yourself, right? As in checking checking in on on yourself to review the goals, review uh, where you're at. In, in your personal and professional life and and of course in your investing career and just checking in on yourself to make sure that you're okay checking in to make sure that what you're doing is still what you want to do Life changes and, you know, people get busy doing what they're doing and, you know, the, the whole process for me and the thing that I've learnt in, in life as a, as a wise old 41-year-old now is that, uh, <laughs> is that um, you know, you've got to check that what you're doing still makes you happy because, you know, this is one of the things that I learnt when I was 30, that it's not all about super yachts and fast cars and big houses. Those things, those things can come from successful investing, don't get me wrong. Um, but the things that I've learned as I get older is that you know, time with your family, um, time with your loved ones, looking after your own um, your own health and and the things that are important to you, that's the important stuff. It's it's the time that you spend watching couch, you know, watching movies on the couch with your partner. It's you know those little things that you do. Um, yes, it's nice to do that in a nice car and it's nice to do that in a nice house but there are things that you don't necessarily need so I think checking yourself and making sure that you stay real and that you're not um, you know, you don't, get, don't let your ego get in the way of, uh, of your success
1: Yeah, love it, love it mate uh, Wrap things up, uh, big question, if I gave you a microphone that spoke to every single one of the 7.7 billion odd people that are currently alive in the world and I gave you a minute to talk, what would you suggest they invest in?
0: Look, uh, I think the the short answer, is probably not even going to take a minute, is to invest in yourself. Invest in your education. Um, before you go and invest in anything else, learn. Again, if we're trying to capture all 7.7 billion people, that can apply to anything and not just investing. So focus on education, learn as much as you can, and then learn from people around you as well. Uh, learn from people that have actually done what you want to do, rather than people trying to teach you that haven't done what you want to do.
1: Yeah, brilliantly said. Mate, uh, what's next new and exciting for you and uh, the Property Mentors team? And uh, how can listeners uh, reach out to you and, and get involved in what you're doing to, to start guiding their own journey?
0: Well, what's uh, next for the Property Mentors team? We're actually uh, growing our team. We've got some uh, new people starting in the new year, but uh, we we have a... A company trip every now and then, and COVID sort of got in the way in in uh, the middle of last year. We had a trip to Tasmania planned, but we're all heading to Cairns early next year. So that's what's next for the the property mentors team, and get our little uh, biannual getaway. And we have a lot of fun on those trips. Uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting uh, phone call, a lot of interesting uh, work meetings, and um, and. Um, uh, what can I say? It's got, business it's got, dinners. It's got a that, bit of a smell happen. of
1: Vegas to uh, to me there, mate.
0: A little bit of Vegas <laughs> attached to it, but we've got a, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of fun people in the team, and it's it's good to see everybody have a bit of a relaxed time uh, as well to to sort of get together. And we've got a really a really fantastic team that really work well together. So it's good to have that little reward uh, every now and then. So that's that's next for the property mentors, and um, you know we're having a lot of fun doing what we're doing. And uh, as far as the books concerned, you can uh, grab a copy on. Uh, uh, propertyfitbook.com.au, or you can go to our main website, thepropertymentors.com.au.
1: Yeah, love it, mate. Look, uh, really appreciate your time, mate. Uh, we really have only just skated across the surface, uh, and it's it's great to be uh, rubbing shoulders with someone of a like mind. That's a bit of a rarity in the space, unfortunately. So I'm uh, looking forward to getting you back on. To uh, we'll focus in on specific subjects and and deep dive on those. But uh, really appreciate your generous time on the show today.
0: Thanks, Bushy. Appreciate your time.
1: Thanks, mate. To get a summary of all this investment gold in the show notes, just email me on hello at khgroup.com.au. That's H-E-L-L-O at khgroup.com.au. Or check us out at www.bushymartin.com.au forward slash invested. I look forward to joining you next week for another episode of the Get Invested podcast. So thanks for listening and as always dream as if you live forever and live as if you die